Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us online for our midweek service. Many of you know that we are going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary this coming weekend, and we'll be at the Pine Belt Arena in Tom's River, which, uh, if you're not aware of where that is, that is the arena that is connected to the Tom's River North High School on Old Freehold Road there in Tom's River. We'll be there. Service starts at 11 a.m. The doors will open at 10.30, so we ask you to please make sure that you get there early enough, make sure you get a good seat. So we're not having a midweek service in person at church, you are joining us here online. And another reason for that is that we're doing some renovating to our current sanctuary. And so you're gonna be excited about what you're gonna be experiencing from this point forward when you come into church the following weekend. I'm picking up where I left off last week. And last Wednesday night, I started talking about the topic of endurance. And our society loves cliches. We love to have these sayings where tough times produces tough people. And whatever doesn't kill you makes you strong. And we found out through life experience, that's not always true. We know of many people that have not come through crisis in their life and, and actually the same people they were before. Um, just recently, I had a conversation with someone that was telling us that there are over 500 families that to this day, five years after Hurricane Sandy hit this area, are still not back in their homes. And let's just be honest with each other. Some of those families and some of those individuals have never recovered. They've never recovered their losses. They've never recovered emotionally the things that they've suffered. And some people have been damaged for life. And that's unfortunate, but it's just, it's life. It's just what happens. Um, the fact of how we bounce back from crisis really depends on the type of person that we are to begin with. And um, when we are in the habit of coming to the Lord with our situations and problems during tough times, that's what's going to bring us through. And so that's what we're talking about. And, and I don't know if you've even noticed this. I noticed this a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're still facing hurricanes. We were facing hurricanes three weeks ago, last week, this week, and probably next week. This has been a, uh, a really uh, different season this year. Um, but I noticed something on social media, which I made mention of last Wednesday, that I saw even people who don't even claim to be believers um, were actually asking for prayer. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, look at this. Uh, tough times really bring out the truth, the true condition of a person's soul through the things that we endure. And that, that word endure is important to us. Uh, that's a key word for this teaching. Since life keeps happening to us, it keeps coming at us. There's never a day where it's like time out. There's always things going on. We're going to need to develop endurance if we're going to finish strong. And that's what it's all about. I like to describe endurance or define endurance as this, a grace from God that keeps us from giving up and giving in. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It's that, that power that comes, that presence of God, that empowerment that comes into our life at that point where we're just getting ready to give up, just getting ready to throw in the towel, and all of a sudden this strength from the inside comes up, it rises up on the inside of us. I believe that's the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to come and take us and bring us over that next hurdle. The Bible describes our spiritual life as a race. In essence, we're all running a spiritual marathon. And the truth is, it's a journey that's made up of many seasons and stages of life. Endurance is important because life is not just a quick sprint. Life is a marathon. And life on earth consists of seasons of battles, 
challenges along the path of life, each one of them unique. It's a journey that's made up of not only seasons of life, but stages of life. And so don't get set in your ways. This is the mistake that so many of us make. We get set in our ways at a particular season that we're in, in a particular stage of life that we're in. And then we think, well, this is the way I'm going to handle life from this point on. And that's not true. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said in verse 33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. In other words, live in such a way where you're reflecting that you are in right standing with the Father. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Usually we attribute this verse to mean our our material needs, and that's part of it. It very much is. But it can also mean that God will give us the wisdom, the direction, the grace, etc., whatever we need throughout every season and stage of life. In other words, as long as we're seeking his kingdom first and his way of doing things, we will, he will give us whatever we need to endure the hard times. Endurance comes from a life dependent on God for strength, dependent on God for patience. Each season requires its own grace. That grace, when we say grace, we're talking about the empowerment that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit that puts us in a position to accomplish things that normally would be impossible for us. Peter had something interesting to say about this grace. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it's, it's recorded for us. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. If we understand grace in the true biblical sense, we would see that grace is not only a pardon for sin or not only a band-aid for sin, but also the supernatural empowerment to be able to do what would normally be impossible for you in the natural, in your own strength. It's plain to see that a life of endurance is going to depend upon a lifestyle depending on God's grace. For those of us that are very independent, fiercely um, independent, if I could say it that way, it comes difficult. It's not easy for those of us that are used to being uh, a self-made man, a self-made woman, You know, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, as they used to say in years gone by. God gives strength to those who will humble themselves. He resists those that are proud. And maybe you're going through a tough season right now in your life and saying, where's God in all this? Because you're too used to depending on your own strength. And God is wanting you to develop dependency upon him, a place that you'll come to to say, look, God, I've never handled this before. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to turn to. Father, I'm just coming to you. Please give me the wisdom. Give me the direction. Give me the empowerment I need to face what's up ahead. Let's talk about these seasons of life that we're going to need to develop endurance for. I call it seasonal battles or seasonal challenges. Like, for instance, I made mention of this last week. And again, I'm just doing some review until we get into the new material and then finish this up tonight. Very soon, right now we're in at the pretty much the end of September, and very soon we're going to find ourselves, our entire society is going to switch to holiday mode. With that comes the pressures of shopping, the financial burden of how do I buy all these gifts for these people I need to buy gifts for, the pressure of family gatherings, just, just scheduling the time for all these things. You and I are going to need to tap into God's grace in order to endure, endure. Sometimes we're missing out on opportunities 
to spend time with people or to sow into people's lives to bless them because we get so overwhelmed. And instead of asking God for the grace to endure through, in other words, to, to go through this, but, but when I use that word endurance, I don't want it always to be like, oh, something I have to, like a burden, to go through the situation and come up on the other end strong. Family gatherings, if you have to be around people that you don't normally get along with, you're going to have to tap into that scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love endures long. And some of those dinners are very long. And some of them are very awkward. And so we're going into that mode now. It's going to bring that kind of pressure. Hey, another seasonal battle is if you're in the type of profession or job that sometimes are temporary layoffs, uh, you're going to have to, it's going to require you to develop an endurance. Um, you're going to have to learn how to, how to budget even with inconsistent paychecks. If you're self-employed, for an example, I was raised in a construction family background. And, you know, sometimes you work, sometimes you're working seven days a week for weeks at a time. You're making big paychecks and all of a sudden the jobs might dry out and all of a sudden there's no income. And so that puts pressure and you're going to have to learn how to endure. If you're in retail sales, especially if it's commission based, you're going to have to learn to receive that grace from God to endure. I didn't sell anything this week. I have no commission coming. I'm only going to draw my base this week. Those are all pressures that are seasonal and we need to learn how to develop the endurance to get through those. Then there's the stage of life challenges. And the successful transition through each stage is going to require endurance. Our level of endurance is going to be determined by who we rely on. If, you, if you're in a marriage relationship and some type of a uh, relationship, even family relationships, a business partnership, things of this nature, who are you going to when the challenges come? Are you depending on another human being? Are you going to that spouse? Are you going to that fiance, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that friend, that uh, children? Are you relying on your parents or when you should be going to God? If you have developed a reliance and you expect to gain the strength to endure through these stages of life from another human being, you are putting your trust in another flawed individual. You are, you are relying on someone who's also dealing with their own set of challenges. So it's, it's so important that if we're going to come through and if we're going to finish life strong, then we've got to develop a relationship with God in such a way that we go to Him for every little thing that's going on. Because when you develop that relationship and you develop that pattern of life and that habit of life of going to God with every little thing, then the big things you will automatically go to Him with. You won't try to handle them in your own strength. Let's talk about some of these stage of life challenges. They're transitional. We transition from each one of these stages, from one stage to another. For instance, singleness. Endurance depended upon how strong this person's relationship with God is developed during teen years. In other words, you're a single person and your, your, your mind is getting battered about loneliness and, and I'm on my own and I, I, I don't know if I can live like this and all this other stuff. Well, honestly, your endurance is going to be determined by what have you developed up until this point in time? Now, if you are a young person who was raised in the church and raised in a relationship with God, of course you're going to have some principles that you've learned already that you now can tap into and help you to transition through singleness and to develop that kind of endurance. Uh, if, this, if you're the person who has a strong sense of who you are in Christ, uh, then you'll not be pressured into that chameleon syndrome. You know what I'm talking about? That, that person that constantly, everybody knows one, maybe you were one, maybe you are one. That person who's constantly changing their personalities to fit the latest group of friends or the latest dating relationship. That is a dangerous, dangerous 
habit to develop. You will, you will put off for decades finding out who your identity is in Christ because you get to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore. You'll, tri- you'll trick yourself into thinking that you're this person, but then you find out once you're in, in, in the company of certain individuals and all of a sudden you're not talking the same, you're not acting the same, you're not dressing the same, you're not doing the same things you would do for another group of people, that is dangerous. So let's go to that next stage now. Let's say you're successfully transitioning through the single stage and now you're coming into the, the place of you found someone. This is the one that God has brought into your life. And so now you're contemplating marriage. Let me give you this very stark reality right now. Write it down. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it in your mirror when you first wake up in the morning. There is no point of perfection in any marriage. There is never a time you come to the place and go, this is perfect. Why? Because you have to endure through each season. And in each season... You're going to learn to endure each other's idiosyncrasies, each other's quirks, each other's habits, uh, the crazy little things that have. We recently, my wife and I had an amazing experience. We were on vacation for a few weeks, and at one point we were uh, at a short town, you know, really far south Jersey, and we were walking on a boardwalk there. And I was kind of acting goofy and stuff. And some of you might remember from last week I told this story. And so we're walking on a boardwalk. And there wasn't too many people there. And all of a sudden, I noticed this elderly couple. And they were quite old, sitting on a bench. And I would guess that they were probably in their early 80s. And it's like, suddenly, I got honed into this conversation as we were passing by. We're walking slow and just kind of like gazing at the ocean, gazing at different scenery there. And I heard the woman, I heard the wife, realize it's a wife. I heard the wife say to the husband, do you still love me? And it just so shook me, like, oh, my God, at this age, they're still asking themselves this question. And then the husband responded, of course I still love you. And then he said, do you still love me? And she said, yes, I do. And then he said this, and I almost felt, I almost felt in the ground. I couldn't believe what I was hearing at this stage of life. And he said this. Now, here's a man, and it's probably in their early 80s. And he said, then I don't think we should walk away from this thing. And I went, oh, my God. Here we are, my wife and I celebrating 40th, our 40th anniversary. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, you mean to tell me 20 years from now, we're still going to be dealing with the same questions? We're still going to be dealing with the same insecurities? We're still going to be dealing with, hey, should we even be together? Should we even, should we still continue? This? Should, and let me tell you, in 40 years, don't you think we've had those opportunities to ask those same questions? Don't you think we've had those opportunities to, to kind of collapse under the pressure of raising a family, being self-employed, being in business for so many years, now being in the ministry for over 20 years? Those pressures, we've had to learn how to endure through each one of them. So here's my point. Last week, if you were here, you would remember I posted a bunch of pictures showing this, showing this really handsome young man in his maybe late teens, early 20s. And I said, ladies, this is the man you married. But guess what? 10 years later, the gray's going to start showing. Yeah, you may still look dignified and still look like you got your act together, but you're going to have to now fall in love with this person at this stage of life. Maybe you've got, at that point, you've got a couple of young children that are on the scene. Maybe the pressures of life are really, you're still having to work and take care of families at the same time. So you're going to have to learn. i got to fall in love with this person now because we're going to endure to the end. Now, maybe 10, 15, 20 years later, there's a lot more gray. Maybe the muscle tone's not there. Chin's starting to sag a little bit. But you know what? 
Now you learn to fall in love with that individual at that stage of life. Why? Because you're going to endure. And then later on, you're going to have to start thinking about taking care of each other physically, about being there for each other as you progress through the stages of life. That's what it means to endure. It's about, you, you and I cannot expect to endure unless we have a realistic approach to the life that we're living. And the fact of the matter is, it is an utter shame when a couple that's been together 20, 30, 40 years, all of a sudden then at that stage of life they decide, you know what, this was a mistake, we're done. That tells me these two have had an unrealistic approach to marriage, unrealistic approach to the stages of life. You're in it for the long haul. You fall in love with each other at every stage of life. When you fell in love, you fell in love with a single guy. Now you fall in love with a married man who's got young children. Then you're going to fall in love with the man who's raising kids and now putting them through college. And guess what? A few more years, you're going to fall in love with a grandpa who's got little grandchildren running around the house. That's what it means to endure. Don't let the devil trick you out of enduring and bringing an example to this world of what it means for a man and a woman to depend on God so that they can endure, not enduring each other like, oh my God, this is such a burden, but enduring the stages of life, the seasonal battles in every one of those stages of life and not letting the pressure get to you. So you just collapse. Let's face it, um, you're gonna come to a place where um, you're gonna transition into more of a caretaker mode. Sometimes it's gonna be, you're gonna to come to the point where you've got adult children, grandchildren, now you've got parents to take care of. Or you may have to come into the, the, the stage of life where now you need, need to be a caretaker for that person who used to take care of you. Maybe your spouse uh, is having some physical difficulties. Maybe you're gonna to have to step into that position and be God's grace to him or to her. You're going to need that strength from God. Some of you have been through divorces. Some have lost spouses. They've passed, gone on to be in heaven. And that requires an own, an own, its own type of endurance, a special grace from God, because let's be honest with each other. Life is never the same. After a divorce, life is never the same after you've lost a loved one. In fact, some people say, it's easier to move on when you've lost a loved one and you've gone through the closure of the burial and the, you know, bringing them to the cemetery or whatever, and going through all that grief and stuff like that. It's almost easier to move on and to endure through that. And my heart goes out to those of you who have, who have been involved in divorce and some of you have been involved in multiple divorces. My heart goes out to you because you need a special grace from God to endure it through those stages of life and through the seasonal battles that come with that, just the emotional battles that you go through in your mind. But you know what? God knows what you're going through. The Holy Spirit who lives inside you is very much aware of your pain, very much aware of the wounds, very much aware of the hopelessness that you might feel at some point in life. And if you call out to Him, and if you'll learn to depend on Him, He'll carry you through every one of those stages. The one who develops a lifestyle of endurance, the Bible tells us there's a reward that's promised. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, I want to read to you from the New American Standard Bible. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. You know, in order to do the will of God, we have to learn how to endure. 
We're not living on a planet that's automatically conducive to us walking in the plan of God. In fact, it's very much the opposite. We're, we're on a planet whose system is purposely set so, so that it makes it the most difficult thing possible is to follow the plan of God. But the day's going to come and that will change, but we're not there yet. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, And because I preach the good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure, to see Apostle Paul writing this, I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Endurance is a matter of sticking with what got you there in the first place. Paul's saying, look, I can go through this imprisonment battle of life. I can go through the persecution. I can go through the hardship. I can go through the shipwrecks. I can go through being hungry, being thirsty, being in danger, being robbed. I can go through all that if I know I'm going to accomplish the goal that Christ has taken hold of me in order to accomplish. And that's, that's the kind of mindset that you and I need to have. Yeah, I can endure the hardships. I can endure the financial strain. I can endure the pressures of whether it's family life, married life, raising children, uh, being a grandparent, being a businessman, being in the ministry. I can endure all those things if I know that I'm staying on target and that I am going to accomplish the goal for which Christ has called me to. And that's going to require us staying in it for the long haul. Man, that is something that our society is so lacking right now. We are so much into just changing relationships, doing away with people, changing cars every couple of years, uh, just constant and constant upheaval, constant turmoil. We need to settle in. We need to make a decision. I'm in this for the long haul. And you know what? Even if it means that my end goal, my end result may look different than what I thought it was going to be, but this I know. God orders my steps and God ordains the steps of the righteous. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 says this, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, here it goes, watch this now. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Continue in faith, Paul says. Continue in faith. And that's going to help you in that, in that developing that endurance. It means to be insistent upon, holding on to what you believe, to endure, to take a firm stand, just to keep at it. If you just keep at it, if you just keep at it. Um, I remember seeing a movie recently. Actually, I watched it many years ago and had the opportunity to watch it again. The Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, that, that man who was unjustly imprisoned. At one point in the beginning of his imprisonment, he kind of gave up hope. But then he met another man who was in another cell who had been digging for years and years and years and just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then he goes to find out that he was digging in the wrong direction. You talk about ironic. And he comes up in the prison cell of this, this young man who had been imprisoned unjustly. And, and this man had been digging for, let's say, seven or eight years, I believe it is. And, and then all of a sudden he realized, okay, I was in the wrong direction. Now if I start going the other direction, maybe five years from now, what happened? He was going to stick with his plan. Yeah, he made a mistake. He learned where not to go. And so he just turned direction, 
went in the opposite direction. His play was to start digging in the opposite direction. That's what Paul's saying, continuing the faith. 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul wrote to Timothy in verse 14, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them from. You and I are not going to develop endurance if as soon as something hard as soon as something becomes difficult, as soon as something becomes more of a challenge, oh, you know, I didn't expect it. So, so let's just crash this plan. Let's just put it aside. Let's go. No, you can't do that. That's not endurance. Endurance is, hey, we're going, like Jesus said to the disciples, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Yeah, there was a storm on the way there. But he said to them, we're going to the other side. Have that kind of faith and hold on to that kind of faith. The next thing you need to know is that you've got to abide in what you've learned You've got to abide in what you've heard. You know, many of us can just rattle off scriptures, but I found out through life experience, the real scriptures that are on the inside of you, the ones that you really got a hold of, the ones that you really say, I'm living this, is the one that you're living, not the one that you can just memorize and recite at the drop of a hat. It's the one that you've actually lived. Jesus put it this way. In 1 John chapter 2, it's actually the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. John's talking to us from experience. John was the youngest of the disciples. He's had the most life on earth living on this planet after he had met Jesus. Now, he went through some difficulties. And they're not recorded for us in the Gospels. But church history tells us about the difficult times that he had. At one point, the Roman emperors tried to destroy him and tried to boil him in oil. He wouldn't boil, so he banishes him to this little uh, island, just nothing but a pile of rocks in, in the Mediterranean. He endured. It would have been easy for him to give up. It would have been easy for him to recant his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he endured. And because he endured, the Lord Jesus appeared to him. And you and I have the re record of the book of the Revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, written by the Apostle John. And through that experience, when he was released after 18 months on that, on that island, he was released and he wrote these epistles to us. And he's telling you, abide in what you first believed. That's what you and I need to do. Abide in the word, abide in his love, abide in that faith and obedience. That creates endurance. Run the race with grace. Don't try to run in your own strength. Biblically, our life is compared to like an Olympic race. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lay it aside, whatever it is, whatever the weights are, whatever the things that are dragging you down, whatever the things holding you back, the sin, the sin that trips you up all the time. It's something. What is a weight? It's something that slows us down. It's something that pushes you back. It's something that sin is something that distracts you and gets you off course. You know, history tells us back in the 5th century that the Olympic athletes ran naked. They would enter the stadium wearing robes, but they would drop them at the start of the race. Why? They needed to get rid of the weights. They needed to get rid of the resistance. And so getting rid of all that caused them to be more efficient. It caused them to run faster. In that same way, you and I must drop anything that hinders us from running our race. The next thing you and I need to do, if we're going to develop endurance, if we're going to finish strong, keep your eyes on Jesus. Recognize that in Him is where your strength is. Recognize in Him that it's His Spirit through you that does the work in you. Again, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, 
the author and finisher, the completer, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured, here's that word again, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We run not with our eyes on the prize. I know so many times, you know, you think of Rocky, you know, you get that music playing in your head. You know, I'm running for the, I got my eyes on the prize. No, 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 no. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the one who gives us the grace to get to the place of finishing strong, and you'll get to your prize. In order to obtain that prize, it's going to require work, it's going to require sweat, it's going to endure hardship, but only grace is going to give you the ability to do that. Trusting in his ability in us. In Jude, verse 24, Now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. We're talking about the end of the finish line here. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. He is the one. It's, it's Jesus' spirit in us that's going to bring us to the place of being able to be presented before God faultless. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. I'm not able to do it on my own. So get strong, stay strong. Proverbs chapter 18 in Amplified Bible says this, verse 14, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. In other words, saying this, you've got to get your spirit strong. You've got to get your, you've got to allow your spirit, the strength that comes from God through the word of God, through the presence of God, through worshiping God, through times of prayer, through times of intimacy and relationship with the Father. You draw from that and your spirit becomes strong and your spirit then transfers that strength over to your soul, your soul, that place where your mind, your will, your emotions are involved. And so you start making decisions then from a position of strength because you're spiritually strong. When you're not spiritually strong, when you are spiritually weak, you will make weak decisions decisions. And those weak decisions are the things that become the disasters in our lives. The message says it this way, a healthy spirit conquers adversity, but what can you do when the spirit is crushed? And many of us have been there. Keep yourself strong by keeping yourself in God's word. Make it a daily habit. It's the things that we do every day that are going to bring us to the place of finishing strong. Just like a vitamin. Many of you take supplements. We all take supplements. Say our culture is full of supplements. Supplements, eating clean, working out, all these other things. And we have no problem with developing those habits. Now, some of us do. But we know the importance of developing those habits. Well, it's even more important that we develop the habit of making sure that every day we have some of the Word of God coming into us. Every day we are mindful. Every day we are acknowledging Him in all of our ways so that He can direct our path. It's about the everyday things. If you're going to develop the endurance to get through the seasonal battles of life, you're going to get through the stages of life. You're not going to collapse. You're not going to be a 50-year-old acting like a 15-year-old. If you're going to get through that, if you're going to finish strong, and if you're going to be an example that Jesus wants to just prop up and just to this generation that's, that needs godly good examples of men and women of God that are finishing strong, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to be dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no reason today not to get filled with the Word of God. There's no reason today not to be in the presence of God. All the technology we have. You can have your own worship service at home. You can have your own Bible studies. You can get into the Word of God. You can carry it with you. Take it to the gym. You can listen to it while you're in your car. You can do all of these things. There's no reason not to take advantage of the resources that God has made available to us in this generation. 
I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those of you that may be feeling like, man, Pastor, I'm just so broken down right now. I'm going to pray for those of you that are, that are strong right now, that you stay strong. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that whatever I've been able to share here, Father, uh, would, would just go out online and just go out and reach every individual and every household where it's needed, Father. And I pray for those, Lord God, that are recognizing through this message, man, I'm, I'm weak. I'm depleted. I feel like I'm drained. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, even as Paul prayed in Acts, Father God, he said, I commit you unto God and unto the word of your grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus for every person that's feeling weak. Lord, for those that are strong right now, I pray that they would develop the habit to stay strong, that they would continue doing what they did to get to this place of strength so that when the challenges come, when the stages of life transition, we go from one stage to the next and then have those seasonal battles in between, Father God, the temporary things that come to challenge us. Father, I pray they would remain strong, that we would all finish strong for you. And we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit into our lives. We invite the grace of God to come upon us, empower us, Father, to go through these stages and come up strong. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us online. I pray that you'll take this message and share it with others. This is something that many, many people need to hear. And listen, I look forward to seeing you this Sunday. As your pastor, I want to see you there. I want you to join us for this celebration. This coming Sunday, service starts at 11, doors open at 1030. The Pine Belt Arena, Tom's River, we'll see you then. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.